Okay, so yesterday was Daf Mem, today is Mem Aleph, and we'll do a review of yesterday's Daf, get to today's. What did we learn in yesterday's Daf? So, <clears throat> there are certain things that you can do that can keep, um, the, the, keep the bread, the dough, from becoming chametz, or the flour, or the grain, or the kernels, and that is, um, and one of them is putting it in boiling water. Yeah, the boiling water, though, when it boils in the water, it locks it in something, it burns it out, cooks it out, that it's not able to rise. Um, so in that process, though, it's a bit tricky, and that's what Rav Yosef starts off with, is that he says that a person is not allowed to do two at the same time, because you need the boiling water to reach every spot of the grain, uh, because if the two grains are cooked together and they one is embedded in the crack of the other, so that's the one spot where the heat of the water is not able to reach, and therefore it will not, um, it could theoretically still become chametz. <clears throat> another, uh, another system is to toast it in the oven. So uh, Baye talked about that, and he said that the person is not allowed to uh, take the uh, toast uh, two, two grains together. Why not? Two shibolim together. And the reason why is because as you're toasting it, it causes it to dry out, obviously. The heat of the oven causes it to dry out. And in the process, when it's drying out, the juices, its liquid, will flow out. If it flows from one to the other, then that's a problem. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Okay, excuse me. It's going to flow into the other one, and that's the uh, and that's a and, and that might cause it to become chametz. So, on that, Rabbi said, if that was your concern, you can even have a concern about a single kernel that uh, the the liquid exudes out of one side and goes into the other side. So it should be a problem in even in a. In, even in a single stock, it, it, you know, it could come out of one and go into the other. So therefore, uh, Rava says that we never worry about it, and that's because the liquid that comes out is, called, is actually meiperos, and meiperos aren't machmits, they don't, they don't create chametz at all, it's not like water, only water has the real, uh, yeah, but fruit juices aren't the same as water, and they don't really create chametz. By himself retracted from his concern because he said that it's not going to be really absorbing while it's flowing out as long as it has a place to flow out. And therefore he says that as long as you're toasting it up in an oven in a way that there's a, it's on the side so that it can, has a place where the flow of water can drip out, so then um, it's fine. But if it's standing up and it's no place for the water to flow, then it would be forbidden. And Rava says even that is fine because, like he said before, it's meperos and meperos do not create chametz. The next process is uh, that the Gemara talks about is lesisa. Lesisa is a process where they wash the grain before to and the and get off some of the, uh, the some of the endosperm, some of the outside of the grain to basically. When you this way, when you grind it up, it'll be a finer flour. 
So um, we saw, brought down that you can't do that to barley on Pesach. And if you did, then you need to really check it. If it's cracked, if it formed cracks, that indicates that some water actually got in and penetrated the kernel. And then it's forbidden. Um, otherwise, it'll still be mutter. So it's dangerous. Rabiosi uh, says that you just soak it in vinegar and that'll fix it up. Shmuel says we do not paskin like Rabiosi. We'll see what the uh, what the alternative is, but we don't uh, we don't allow Rabiosi's trick of of uh, doing the vinegar. Okay. All right. Okay, Yehuda, we're in the shirum <laughs> that you donated because it's not a big crowd inside. It's all virtual. Okay. Anyway, um, anyway, so that's the story with uh, Rav Yossi. Shmuel doesn't paskin like Rav Yossi. Then we saw Rav Chizda says in the name of Marukva that it doesn't have to actually be that they formed cracks indicating that water penetrated. But if you would place it on top of a wine barrel and, it's the, and then it starts cracking, that's an indication that it was penetrated. Um, because, and the, because of the smell of the wine, it causes it to like show its cracks, basically. Shmuel says, no, crack open means actual cracked open, and not the beginning of the process. And Shmuel, in fact, Psach Halacha, says it's only a problem when it was actual nisbaku. If it still maintained its, its shape, then it's not a problem. Next we saw is Rabbi says that Baal Nefesh should not do the Lasisa at all. Um, so the Gemara says, why do you mean a Baal Nefesh? Everybody shouldn't do Lasisa. Um, so the Gemara says, because the Brisa says, Ein Orim Pesach. Isn't that like a straight up statement for everybody, not just for the, um, not just for Baal Nefesh. So the Gemara says that, um, Basically, maybe that's uh, this is what we're saying that a bal nefesh should be machmer even by wheat, which is a much harder kernel, and it's not as soft as barley, and therefore it doesn't it penetrate as easy. Um, so, it, so the bal nefesh is machmer even by wheat, um, but the the halacha that applies to all is with regards to barley, which is a softer a softer kernel. So comes along Rav Nachman and he says, you know, if we would listen to Rabbah's halacha, then everyone's going to have horrible matzah because it's not able to be fine flour that way. And uh, you see, the house of Rav Huna does the process, the house of Rav Baravin does the process, so it, it, it can't be that it's forbidden. Rava says that it's Asr Lilsos, I the Bryce says not not just the Bal Nefesh, but it's Osir Lil Sos. And the Bryce says, Ain Los since he orin bepesach. He's don't think it's only it, it, it so that is that implied that Seorin is what's not allowed. Only barley is not allowed. But we actually do allow wheat. So Gamar says, no, it's the other way around. We not even barley, which is a smooth surface, which doesn't penetrate easy because it's a smooth surface and therefore the water just flows off of it, the, even that you can't do, cannot do lasisa. Wheat, uh, which has a, a crack line in it, which uh, that's where the water can easily penetrate, you might think is worse. It, it is worse, and uh, that for sure is not allowed. 
Um, so that's the difference. Um, so that's what I have to tell you. Not even barley nut, but of course not wheat. This is what Rava originally said. Then Rava came along and he said, you know what, I changed my mind. It must be that it is mutter lilsos, that you're allowed to wash the, the grains before. And he brings down how he knows that. First of all, it says in the Mishnah that you could be yotze with pasnakia or hadra. So the fact that you can have fine flour, you know, uh, made out of white flour instead of whole wheat flour, is, uh, indicates that you did the process. Otherwise, how did you get off the endosperm? That's the way it happens. You wash it off. So um, you can't have uh, a clean without lisisa. So that's a proof that it must be okay. Okay, so that's one thing. Then Rapapa said to Abaye, is that true that that's the only way to process it that way? Uh, he proves it that he's Esakasha because it says that the the coarse flour and the fine flour of Gentiles from the villages is Tahar, but from the cities is Tame. Um, why is it that the, that the villages is Tahar? Because they don't do the Lasisa. And yet we, called about, uh, the, we talked about Soles and Kemach. So the Gemara says, no, it's actually read uh, differently. We're supposed to read it. The Kemach is going to be in the villages, and the fine flour is going to be in the big cities, and that's the one that they wash, and, um, and that's why it's an in, in, in issue. Afterwards, he says, you know what, I could have asked him a better question. From Rabzera in the name of Rabirmi in the name of Shmuel, talks about the wheat of Minchas. It says, Ein losis in osam. And of course, the wheat of Minchas are considered solas, the finest flour. So then Rava says that, uh, anyway, bottom line is, Rava says it's still a mitzvah even to do the lasisa. He so changed his tune, he said that it actually is a mitzvah. And the idea is, is that the, the Pasuk says, matos. you need to guard the matos. If it didn't need lasisa, if that wasn't part of the process, what am I watching for? Obviously, you got to watch it all the way from the beginning. So I wash it and I just make sure that it doesn't penetrate. I wash it, I dry it in a proper way to make sure that it has not uh, penetrated, that it just you know, got off the, uh, the outside to clean it, but it, doesn't, uh, it didn't go in to the kernels. And, then, uh, and that's, the, that's part of what the shmir is all about. Because the shmira can't be the shmir of just kneading the dough. And he wants to prove that because that's not called a shmira. And um, how do I know that? Because he, the Rav Huna brought down an interesting halacha. Okay, it sounds odd to, uh, to our mind's eye, but basically you can buy raw dough from the goyim on Pesach, and just and if you can look at the signs, the telltale signs that the dough was freshly made, that it was made the mo- that moment, basically. And then I can just grab the dough and bake it off before it rises. And uh, you can tell that it didn't get a chance to rise. And you can, and you can fill your belly with them on Pesach. As long as you're, you, you uh, eat a kezayis of proper matzah, matzah shmura, in the end for your afikoman. Sounds like... Um, why is this not the right... Uh, the problem is that, that this is not a shmira. I, isn't this a shmira from the time of the baking? You see that shmira means from before the baking. 
Um, so you see, it has to be Me'ikara from the beginning, from the time of the Ketzira. So the Gemara says, how do you know? Maybe that's different because from the moment that it's, you started watching, you didn't really do a Shimor. Um, but if you did do a Shimor, maybe that will be good enough. And maybe Shimor Delisha is enough of a Shmira. And still, uh, even though it's not Muchach, it's not very conclusive, Rava still stuck to his opinion, and he told the people that when you're um, going to the fields and you're turning over the grain, you're supposed to have in mind the Shum Mitzvah, because the Mitzvah of Shmira is already at the time of the harvest, and when they're turning over the grains, they're having in mind to make sure that it stays dry, and that's the process of all the... Sh- that's why Shmur flour is so expensive. Um, the, the Shmur flour is so expensive because of that reason. Okay. Um, anyway, so that's the story. Um, basically, um, so it's mitchil of and that's what you need. Okay. Brings us to the next topic. So Mar Bereder Ravina. Oh, so the end of this is is Mar Bereder Ravina has had his mother actually out in the fields. Um, the, uh, uh, he said his mother was watching the wheat uh, from the beginning of the harvest for Pesach specifically, and uh, you see that uh, that's what Shmira means all the way going back to the beginning. Okay, so we got here a story of. Uh, We've got here a story of the uh, uh, a, a wheat that um, the, uh, from a from a ship that actually got wet, and now it's been compromised. You, there's a problem. We don't know what uh, what to do with it. Okay, so Rava uh, said that you can sell it to Goyim because oh, they'll bake the bread, and uh, we don't have to worry that it's gonna. That it has a question of chametz, so Rabbah Barid Levoi asked the Kashan Rabbi says that's not a the halacha is that that should not be allowed, and because the halacha should be the same as we find by a shatnis clothes where there was a garment that you lost the shatnis you know that there's specific shatnis in here but it's somewhere where you can't find it, so you're not allowed to sell it to a guy and you're not allowed to make it into a cover for a donkey. Um, the only thing you could do is make burial shrouds out of it for the for a deceased person because he doesn't have to worry about the mitzvah of shatnes. Why is it a problem to give to the guy? The guy doesn't have to keep shatnes. The answer is, is because we're afraid that if you sell it to a guy, he may in turn sell it to a yid. The same problem is going to be with this flower. You sell, this, these wheat kernels, you can't tell that they got wet and they've been compromised. So it's a bigger issue. So if we sell it to the Jew... It's going to be a problem. If you sell it to the guy, he'll sell it to a Jew, and the Jew will think that this is perfectly fine wheat to make his matzah from, but it's not true. It got wet. So this is a problem. So Rava said, you know what? Better, uh, a new option. What you should do is sell it piecemeal in very small increments to Yidin Davka. This way, they're going to be used it, used it up because they only got like a, a pound of flour. What do you do? You're making your hamantash on, on Pesach, and it'll be finished before... Pesach comes, and that's the idea. So sell it off in small increments to a bunch of Jews, and each one will use it up before Pesach. Okay, next thing we talked about is as far as using the, 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 to thicken up a, a soup pot. So the common way that they thicken it up is with some flour. 
Well, that's a problem to do on Pesach. So what do you do? So we said, we learned that you're not allowed to you know, thicken the pot on Pesach. And if you want to do it, so then you have to put the flour and then you put vinegar because that'll keep it from uh, being able to form chametz. Um, some say you can even put the chamin, the vinegar first and then put in the flour, even though the, the vinegar is now uh, diluted somewhat when you put it before the kemach, but we still say that it's okay, that that's also okay according to the Yesh Omrim. Who is the sheet of the Yesh Omrim? So Rav Chizda says it's Rabbi Yehuda who said that the ilfis and the kedera that you remove off the fire, there's a halacha, a Shabbos halacha, once you take the ilfis and the kedera off the fire, it's still in a klirishon. So therefore you're not allowed to put spices in there because it can cook the spices. But you can put it into a second pot by, you know, you the transfer into what we call a klisheni, a second pot, or, uh, or a tamchoy, which is like the serving, serving dish. And then um, you can spice that because now it's a klisheni, you can't cook anymore. Rabbi Yudha says you can put it whatever you want, except if it has vinegar or, or tzir, because then it has an extra power of cooking. So what do you see? That uh, according to him, the vinegar is very strong, even um, it, and, and it's able to kill basically the, uh, it cooks out and burns out the flower's ability to become chametz. That's basically the idea. So the Gemara says, you know, this sounds familiar. Didn't we see Rav Yossi had some, some, a similar concept that said that you just put the vinegar and the vinegar is able to seal back up the, the cracked open uh, kernels like we er- learned about earlier, that you just soak it in vinegar and the vinegar will re- re- uh, clo- reclose it. So Gemara says, it's true that Rabbi Yossi did say that, but he only talked about where it wasn't diluted at all. It was pure vinegar. Um, but over here, where it's mixed, no, not. Now, Ula says that in all cases, we don't allow any, any way of putting flour in your, in your soup to thicken it up. It's not an option. And the reason is, is because we, we want people to stay far away from the vineyard if you're a Nazir, and the same is true. You keep a fence around the Torah, and we don't, uh, you don't cut it close when it comes to Beisach either. Next thing we saw is Rapapi, who said that he, the, the, the bakers of the Reish Galusa, can, they, they can um, all use toasted grain, uh, uh, the, the flour that was put in the oven before, so again, it keeps it, it it's not going to be able to rise anymore once you toasted it up in the oven, and they could thick up to the pot like that. And Rava says, you can allow that with this avadim. Avadim are known to always cut corners. And if you tell them that if the, if the flour was toasted, then it's okay. So then they're going to say, it's as if it was toasted. Oh, it's close to, I, I thought about toasting it, whatever. To them, they're just going to thicken up the pot and it's a problem. So therefore, we don't allow it. Others say that Rav himself did it to himself because that, of course, does work if you actually did it. The problem is, is that we don't trust the slaves to, to do what they're told to do. That's the nature of a slave. Okay. Brings us to... Or the wife. Brings us to... Oh, Baruch Hashem. Sanders back. Okay. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. Okay. Um, which brings us now to the Mishnah, um, the bottom of the page on Mem Ahmed Beis. 
which is that you can't put flour into your haroses. Haroses doesn't mean, uh, like I said, it's not really the haroses of, of what we eat that we dip our marrow into, but it was a dip for meat and it has vinegar as part of its ingredients. And they used to dip their meat into it. And uh, basically it was very, uh, very strong. And they put some flour to like dampen it, make it not as, not as, uh, um, not as sour, you know, cut down the sourness. So, but it, what? The mustard also, no? No, and the same is true with mustard. So, the, but the Mishnah says that you're not allowed to put flour into harosas or, or into the mustard. And if you did, you have to eat it right away because it could eventually turn to hummus. You have to eat it fast. So you could put it on the spot and then eat it. And Rameir says that's not allowed. We can't cook the Pesach, um, not, a, not with liquids. We're talking, moving on to the topic of cooking the Korm Pesach. And of course, you cannot cook the Korm Pesach with liquids um, um, because it has to be roasted. Nor can you, even fruit juices, it's the same thing. It's not only water, it's any fruit juice. Uh, but as far as basting it, if you, if you put it over the fire and you're putting, to keep the surface from burning, you're putting some, some uh, liquids on the, um, on the surface of it, that's perfectly allowed. Um, and you can, when eating it, you can eat it by dipping it. That's also not, that not a problem. It's just in the cooking process that you cook it over an open fire. Now, the, uh, we've also mentioned in the Mishnah that there's the, the baker's uh, water, which they use to cool off their hands in the, from the process of the baking. Um, so uh, when they're arranging the dough, or the, even the matzah, you, know, the matzah, you can imagine the oven super hot, so they used to have to cool off their hands every so often with water. That water must be spilled out because that, is, uh, that water has the ability to be machmitz. Question? Okay, um, let me put on the uh, on the mute one second. Uh, okay. Not on me. Not on me. Okay. Where's my mute button here? Okay. <laughs> All right. We're almost up to today's daf. Um, brings us uh, so the Gemara. The first thing Rav Kahana says is that this is that the machlok is with is with regards to the mustard. Charoses, everybody says it's not allowed. That's much worse, okay? Because the mustard is very sharp. It actually will keep it from becoming chametz. But uh, charoses is not as strong as that. Um, and uh, we saw Bryce also says the same thing, that you can't put flour into your charoses. And if you did, so then it should also be burnt right away. Um, or to the vinegar, that's where this machlokas Romer says it's also not allowed even by the mas- mustard, and the Chum say that it can be eaten right away. And Rav Huna, Breit Rav Yudas, it said the name of Nachman, and the name of Shmuel, that the Allah follows Chachamim, that as far as mustard, you can eat it right away, and then it's okay. On that, um, Rav Nachman, Yitzhak said to Rav Huna, Breit Rav Yehuda, um, what do you mean the Allah follows Chachamim? You mean as far as Charoses? Or as far as Chardol, which one do you mean? So he says, well, what do you mean? So he says, because Rav Kana said that he qualified that, the, that, uh, that nobody allows the Charoses to have any flour put into it. Um, so he said, I, I disagree with Rav Kahana. 
Um, so Ravashi says, what do you mean? Rav Kana makes a lot, a lot of sense because Shmuel said that the halacha doesn't follow Rabbi Yossi, who says that vinegar is able to seal back up the, the kernels. Doesn't that mean that it allows it to become chametz? So he says, maybe it does, maybe vinegar does keep it from becoming chametz. It just doesn't, if it's already had the crack, it's not going to reverse the process, but it doesn't really make, it does keep it from becoming chametz, and therefore that could be the case. And that is the bottom line, and that is where we got up to yesterday, and that's where we're starting off today's daf. Okay, one second.